Uma Gyanat Mirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chakshurum Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Ajunulambita Bhujo Kanakavadatu Sankirtanai Kapitaro Kamalaya Taksho Vishwambaro Dvijabaro Yugadharma Palo Vande Jagat Priyakaro Karanavataro Vande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sarito Gaudarai Pushpabanto Chitro Sando Tamanano Vande Ham Shri Ramakrishna Abhaya Charana Sako Sukkado Paramanando Sundaro Subhala Priyo he Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dina Bandhu Jagatpate Gopisha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Prashavanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Shri Guru Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai Where's uh, Krishna Chaitanya? Gopalandini. Gopal is the campsite. Krishna Chaitanya is on his way. Maybe tonight. Oh, okay. So, again, good to be with you all. And as I mentioned, we're going to begin a discussion of Brahma's prayers. They're quite extensive. Um, they cover over 50 verses of this chapter, which is the last chapter of a famous in a very uh, important Leela of Krishna, uh, referred to as the Brahma Vimohan Leela. So Vimohan means Mohan means to bewilder and Vimohan means to accentuate the bewilderment. So the very bewildered extreme bewilderment of, of Brahma is the uh, name of the Leela that covers uh, about three chapters, two chapters building up to this and and um in those chapters, something very extraordinary uh, occurred. Um, both a very Brahma got acquainted with a, a very uh, extraordinary manifestation of the majesty of Krishna, and also with his sweetness. And it's about his sweetness that he, um, with regard to his sweetness, that he begins to address him almost without knowing what to say after what he's seen. So I'll cite the verse again, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, it's fine. So, Nomidite brava puse taridambaraya gunjaba tamsa paripichara sanmukaya banyasraje kavulavetra vishanavenu lakshmasraje mirupade pakaparupa so Brahma, um, as I say, he offers his respects to Krishna, um, and he describes his uh, sweet and the sweet and charming form that stands before him, uh, describing his uh, uh, complexion, his uh, contrasting it, the dark complexion like the rain cloud, with his. Um, 
brilliant uh, golden uh, uh, garment like the lightning and uh, uh, the fact that he is ornamented not in a royal way but with uh, natural uh, ingredients from the forest, the gunja berries and uh, forest flowers and so forth that he wears over his ears and around his top knot of his hair. He doesn't have a turban on at this point. He's too young for that. And um, and somewhat unconcerned about the way he dresses at this age as well. Uh, he's holding in his hand, his left hand, that which he's eating. So you know something, like I said last night, about a person, by how they dress and what they eat. And it's quite ordinary um, what he's eating and the way that he's dressing in that uh, cultural setting. Uh, he's eating uh, some rice and yogurt and fruit mixed together, very simple preparation. He has a flute hmm, tucked in his belt and a stick and um, and a uh, horn. Hmm. Sometimes described as a buffalo horn, but it's actually made out of the horn of, a, of an antelope. And um, he looks very charming, hmm, Brahma says. And the... Uh, has very soft feet as well. He who is the Pashupangajayo, who is the uh, who has taken birth from the protector of the cows, it's in reference to Krishna's father, Nanda Maharaj. So this is the basic prayer. We'll go through it in some detail, but some background about Brahma would be perhaps appropriate. Uh, and we offer our respects to him as well. Sri Brahmaji Ki Jai. He's a particularly particularly interesting uh, person in the Hindu uh, pantheon of gods and goddesses, uh, identified as they are with different aspects of nature. He's uh, identified with the very creating uh, potency, power. Hmm? And... Um, and... Uh, this is a, a reference to the, the 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 post, perhaps is a good way to refer to it, of Brahma. The post of Brahma is a is described by Rupa Goswami and Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu as Adikritya Dasya. So it's a it's a, a partial manifestation of Dasya Rati or Dasya Rasa. Dasya Rasa means a a a the really the um, perfection of love in a servile uh, disposition, hmm. and uh, there are different expressions of that. This is on the low end of that. On the high end of that, we find uh, in uh, in Krishna Lila in the forms of Raktak Rasala, Patrak, um, who are servants in the context of the Leela. They're not servants with hands folded uh, like we find in Dasyarati in Vaikuntha where Krishna is manifest in the form of Narayan with awe and reverence and 
where the context, the setting is 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 full of majesty, and it's uh, overtly a transcendental realm and different. Krishna's realm is 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 sometimes referred to by the word aprakrita, which means it's it's pretty it has an ordinary human like uh, setting. So on its face, it doesn't appear different. Um, it appears ordinary and, and, and similar to um, life of our uh, in our, our human experience. But if we look underneath, and this Leela takes us underneath to the uh, to the uh, kind of the power, if you will, uh, behind it, um, uh, then we find that it's super transcendental, and it exceeds in many respects the transcendence of uh, Bakunthor, the plane of, of of Narayan and the servitude there in in awe and reverence. It constitutes the Krishna Lila in his realm a deeper penetration into uh, transcendence and acquaintance, deeper acquaintance uh, with um, the with the Godhead. Hmm? Um, on its face, as I say, it appears smaller and more provincial hmm? in comparison to Baikunta, which is spacious and boundless, and uh, and there are no, for example, geographical descriptions of Vaikuntha that it constitutes this many square miles or it has this such and such circumference circumference whereas we do find such descriptions of this world in the in the hindu text the puranas measurements that is um, but krishna lila and the realm of krishna lila uh, we do find reference to measurements uh, and so forth which would seem to make it uh, smaller hmm? if you can measure it must be smaller than that, which has no measurement. But actually, what it constitutes that realm is a is a more expansive uh, um, realm and region uh, for intimacy and love. Mm-hmm. So. Sometimes I've made the point that worth repeating that if you love someone, then you could be happy uh, under a rock or in, in the hollow of a tree with just the two of them. Hmm? The, in other words, the, the love itself makes a small place um, bigger than a big place unto itself with less facility for love um, affords space, accommodations, and so forth. So love is very uh, all-accommodating. Uh, and uh, the land of Brudge, what we find is an increase in the intensity of love and therefore greater facility for intimacy with the Godhead, which then, in order for it to play out, has to have a measured-like and smaller um, um appearance. That means um, 
for example, when a king, when a man, let's say a, a popular person, um, let's say in the uh, entertainment industry, who everywhere he goes, the photographers and the press are following him and so on and so forth. In order for him to be himself and really express himself more fully and uh, to be at his happiest, um, he either has to put on some sunglasses to hide himself or to have his private place, right, somewhere hmm, where he um, is arguably known by different names amongst those with whom whoever they are associate with him in that place and so forth. Uh, so he's off the big stage, if you will, in a smaller place, but it's a bigger place hmm, at the same time for him to um, fully ex express himself and, uh, and that in relation to those who love him. Everybody loves him. They want to take his picture and, and might even run him over in the process like happened to that uh, princess mm -hmm. some years ago. Right? Diana was her name. Um, so that's not going to happen in the, in the inner chambers of her uh, where she or whom he, whoever, whoever associates intimately. So Krishna Leela, Krishna's realm is is something like this that's a help us understand its supra transcendental nature, even though it appears on the surface to be um, ordinary. So, um, so as such, the dasya. There are different types of love uh, of God in our tradition. We have love in in servitude, love in fraternity. There is uh, a well-wishing kind of parental love and romantic love that one can have with Krishna, hmm? not with all manifestations of Krishna, but with Krishna, who is the sum of all the manifestations of himself. And this is the way in which Rupa Goswami, for example, comes to this conclusion about his being the fountainhead of all forms of divinity because, as I say, or as I'm explaining, he that form of the God it affords greater facility for relating with him as a servant, as a friend, uh, even as a well-wisher, like a parent, and as a lover. We typically don't think of having a relationship with God as a as a lover, hmm? or, or as a parent, <laughs> wishing God well. Hmm? In the Greek uh, world, you, you have the Agape, that's the godly love, and then eros is, is the is the worldly love. Here we have a transcendental eros in relation to Krishna. So it's a very it's a very peculiar uh, figure hmm, in the uh, theological uh, world, hmm. and uh, properly understood, he appears to afford greater uh, intimacy in terms of having a relationship with the Godhead, and as such, we consider him to be the, the, the fountainhead of all forms of divinity, the full face of of divinity. And um, so, the there is Dasya Rasa in Baikuntha, in that realm of awe and reverence, 
and there everyone is referring to Narayan as Bhagwan with folded hands and so on and so forth. Um, but in Krishna Leela, there's also Dasya Rasa, but it's not that his friends are worshipping him there, but they are, in the context of the Leela, they have a service uh, position in relation to the family of Krishna, uh, which is the the leading family, along with Vrishabhanu's family, Vrishabhanu and Kirtida, the mother and father of Radha on the other side, and Nanda and Yashoda um, on, on this side. And uh, Nanda himself is the king of the, uh, the cowherds among his uh, four other brothers. He was the middle brother. And although his elder brother was anointed as the king, which was the tradition, um, um, when when his father passed on the kingdom, that, that, that brother was Upananda. The first thing that Upananda did upon becoming the king, his first act as the king of the cowherds was to take off the crown and all of the accompanying um, signifiers, uh, the desig- designators that designated him as the king, and give them to Nanda. Hmm? Such was the, the middle brother, and everyone was very happy with that act. Such were his qualities. Hmm? So, uh, he's mentioned here, Pashupanga Jayo. Hmm? And he, Brahma refers to Krishna as the as the ja, who, who, who's, who's ja, who's taken birth, it means, Janma, who had his birth from the Pashu Pa, hmm? uh, who is a, uh, who is a, who's an Anga, a limb coming from, uh, uh, through birth, of the uh, the protector of the cows, uh, 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 which again is the position of his father, Nanda Maharaj, lead uh, cow herder in amongst uh, a village of cow herders. So, in that human-like setting, then some persons are servants, for example, of the family of Nanda Maharaj, who is a king among cowherds. So, that's not not a super royal uh, type of position, but nonetheless... uh, uh, some respect is is shown, and and some boys have this type of service, so they're not their dasya is is peculiar. It's not in this sense. It's not this reverential dasya, uh, but it, it is a the ways in which they express their love hmm, takes the place of rendering various various services at different times, hmm, assisting. Uh, Krishna in the morning uh, and evenings and so on and so forth. Uh, and for the most part, um, other than Rasala and maybe in a couple of others, their, their dasya, bhakti, is also tinged with sakya. Hmm? So this makes it a sankul bhava, a mixed bhava. Hmm? And uh, it speaks to us in Laguna Vista and uh, as we go forward in other uh, continued discussion of the prayers. It's, this Vrindavan is a land, really, of uh, a friendship. All the types of Sakyabhav are such that they extend to touch 
in one way or another, all the different sentiments, the romantic sentiment, the friendly sentiment, of course, uh, such as the parental sentiment, it can touch the the um, servile sentiment uh, as well. So, a particular kind of dasya, and this is the full face, then, of dasya rasa. We find a, a similar full face of dasya rasa where? Any other place? No, no. It, yes, in Gorlila. Hmm? There we have the opportunity to serve Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Dasya Bhakti, tinged with a little friendship and to uh, participate in the kirtans with him and so on and so forth. He is, of course, Krishna himself, so his realm is non-different. The Bhavas are there. Hmm? So... Um, they're not available to all of us, but they're there. He has a father, he has a mother, he has uh, romantic life, and so on and so forth. And we can enter there as a dasya. So, the full face of dasya rasa is one thing, but now we're talking about the lower end of dasya rasa, that is, um, by the way in which Rupa Goswami refers to or explains the position of these uh, posts within the world that are empowered positions, um, Brahma's a good example. Um, what does the Brahma Samhita say? Brahma Yatangsa Gominamadi Purusham Tamaham Bajami. I know that part. Brahma Batamsa. It says, anyway, that, 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 that Brahma has power hmm, that is uh, reflected or derived power, power like a gem has. A gem has some power to cast light, hmm? but the power of the gem to cast light comes from the light that is stored in the stone, as it's thought um, was thought in those times, that turned the stone into a into a jewel, if you will, hmm? for the power of the sun. Hmm? Right. So the power of the sun stored in the stone, the jewel, gives it some power to cast light. So Brahma is described in this way. So he is, is the Brahma here as a post is a position in which the creative uh, power that really resides in, in Bhagawan is manifest partially or reflected in Brahma for the work of creation in this uh this world. Hmm? So it's a derived kind of a power. So that's an empowered uh, position, and that position represents a type of service to Bhagawan. You can see it's a rather diminished idea of service than in comparison to that which we find in, in, in the Brajalila, but nonetheless, um, there is a daiva netrena, or a godly uh, factor. Hmm? behind the workings um, of the world. Mm -hmm. And um, so, Rupa Goswami's term, it's a type of dasya. When we look at it as kind of a partial manifestation of uh, the full face of dasya rasa in, uh, in Golok, which Golok, of course, is our ideal perhaps not in Dasya Rasa, maybe in, in Saki or Madhuri Rasa, 
But that said, that's a very high ideal, and and Brahma's position is very extraordinary in comparison to our own. And we will remember, of course, that in this case, the instance in which we're talking about Brahma, uh, that uh, that Brahma is also a devotee. Now that doesn't have to always be the case. So I'm saying we should have great respect uh, for him. Um, we find, for example, in the Gita that it said what? Krishna's talking about his own abode and in order to explain it, he compares it to the highest realm within the material world, like on a hierarchy of our own uh, uh, biological and psychological sense of self, that it's a microcosm of the macrocosm of matter, both gross and, and subtle. In that, there's a hierarchy from senses to mind to intellect. Hmm? Uh, um, so, in the macrocosm, there's a hierarchy from, uh, uh, and, and intellect holds the higher uh, position. This intellect is kind of like the cusp between matter and spirit, so therefore fine, fine exercise of discrimination, which is the function of intellect, is to discriminate between consciousness and matter, which then opens, this cracks open the door to a world of possibilities that so exceeds the 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 what can fit between the ears hmm, of our logical uh, uh, rational uh, sensibilities. Hmm. Um, so. In our estimation, in the full exercise of reason, of intellect, is to come to this point of discriminating between consciousness and matter and then seeing the possibilities, just glimpsing some sense, get some faith into the possibilities that lie beyond what we can uh, reason about um, or what we can arrive at, I should say, with the strength of reasoning unto itself, which is very, very limited um, uh, in comparison, uh, if the self uh, consciousness really illumines the material intel- intellect, mind, senses, all the ingredients, so to speak, of the world makes the the world go around, then it, then it it is superior in nature, as the Gita explains. Hmm? Uh, to all of the, the entire hierarchy of, of, of material uh, constituents that make up the world of, of, of material experience. Um, and therefore, none of those ingredients can sh- shed really a, a, a comprehensive light on the self under themselves. What to speak of, of Bhagavan, hmm? the Paramatma, hmm? Uh, they can't light the atma. Uh, you don't take a candle to light up the sun, yeah. right? So, 
uh, it's an important point because uh, we are often uh, th- uh, th- uh, taught that um, th- that the reality has to fit within the um, between our ears in order for us to be uh, sensible people. That's not to say that the, what we're talking about is unreasonable, but we say that where reason reason leaves off, then then the life of the atma uh, really picks up. So. So, anyway, here's Brahma's loka, if you will, his 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 realm. It's called Satyalok. Hmm? It's called Brahmalok, also, and it's the highest realm within the material world. And so it it's kind of a plane of of intellect. Hmm? And what must that be like? Here we have. So the, the Brahma's body is a little. A little different. I mean, we depict it in art in a, in a certain way, try to explain something about it, but uh, it's quite extraordinary. He is the is the uh, samasta jiva, and there are different uh, different two three different ways in which uh, Brahma is manifest. Hmm? Um, one of it, one of which is as the as the conglomerate. Of all the individual atmas or cells, hmm? as they as they move from homogeneity to heterogeneity, from a kind of a, a, a unified, uh, deep and mystic sleep of susupti within the Vishnu, to differentiation based on on karma, which makes us different from one another, and and searching for the unity. Uh, and the comfort that we felt within the womb of Vishnu, the protection there, and 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 by His grace, come out of the womb on the other side and find differentiation based on uh, spiritual derived from the spiritual environment. That's another thing. Um, so, anyway, Brahma's realm is uh, is. And Brahma, the person, is a very extraordinary uh, figure, and his realm is described in the Gita as the highest planet. So Krishna is comparing, in this statement I cited from the Gita, his planet to Brahma's planet, and he makes this very simple but significant uh, point of of difference between the two. What does he say? He says, all the planets in the material world, up to Brahma's, the nature of them is such that from them you have to die and take birth again. Abrahma bhuvanalaka punaravartino arjuna. But mamupetya tugontaya punarjanmana. The difference is that in my abode, punarjanma na. Again, punarjanma birth not. You will not take birth again. But even if you get to Brahma's planet, hmm, uh, you can't like. You can, his point is, in one sense, you can't end the real problem of life, which is death, by your intellect. <laughs> by your intellect, you can't solve that problem. Hmm? And that's what we're all trying to solve, whether we admit it or not. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, a um, strong um, thought to be rational resistance to the i to the 
to the kind of uh, inborn and inherent and natural and, and universal resistance to the idea of dying. Hmm? I mean, we, we're, we're fending it off, so to speak, consciously or unconsciously at all times. And the implication of it is that as it, as it kind of plays out in the human psyche is that, that there must be a, a life where there's no death. Hmm? So there's a strong push in this, this thought to be rational. It's, it's really not, in my opinion, uh, to you know do away with this idea that there is some in life beyond death. Uh, this is uh, this is this is a real problem for um, uh, because it doesn't allow human beings to fully experience the human experience in all that it is and restricts them and causes them to act in this world based on a fallacy uh, that there will be eternal life if they do these things. And and so there, there are these artificial then uh, uh, laws and moral standards that are established, and, and they get in the way of us just being humans. And what's wrong with that? And so what if we have to die? And, and, and I'm not afraid to die, as I heard a famous scientist say the other day, it's, called, it's fine to say it sitting there in an interview, but <laughs> if some terrorists came in, he might react in a way that showed that he's actually afraid to die hmm? and uh, and try to protect himself. Um, but but at any rate, um, my point only is that that all this talk doesn't do away with the fact that people continue to try to live forever, and that is the whole. Uh, this what's what's come to in in some respects to replace, in some people's minds, religion, is 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 the power of the digital world, hmm? and the idea that that you could, for example, take consciousness and upload it onto a machine, there's movies about it, so for up, up uh, into a machine, and the machine is not going to be as fragile as the body, and it would really, this is atheistic, which says that consciousness is just matter, and, but it, it's in the context of saying that and advocating that and so forth, what we find is a strong drive for the very thing that consciousness is, a very aspect of consciousness that we, one of which we highlight, that it's eternal, that it's not um, really uh, constrained by or a product of time and space. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to keep it in time and space, but but make the space different instead of the body, but make it a machine. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to, you know, break. <laughs> and machines don't die. Well, they do sometimes, eventually, right? But anyway, the prospect of a longer, enduring life. Hmm? So the myth of the modern society, in a sense, is, is the prospect through science and technology of attaining a robotic um, heaven, hmm? um, replacing p- parts of the body with other metals and 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 and, and whatnot uh, 
and and uh, and um, and we are, but I mean, robots, bots are the big the big thing now, hmm? um, right? Uh, and the I, that's all real cute and interesting, but if you really look carefully at it, what they're really telling you is that you are a robot, uh, and we're going to demonstrate that, and that's going to be then the answer to the to the questions of life. We've solved them. We aren't. There is no God. There's no eternal life. We're all robots, and uh, you start to wonder if that kind of salvation is even desirable, hmm? because in such a robotic conception of life of course there's no will they want to make robots the perfection of robots would be to make them like humans and have feelings hmm? and if they did then the problem would be that the robots would start feeling maybe maybe there's life after death <laughs> then you would come back full circle so there's no getting around this hmm? um, so we want we want to overcome death and Krishna says it's not possible anywhere in this realm and he, and he says he names Brahma Loka says even if you're like have four heads like Brahma and you're that bright that intelligent hmm? again he lives in a realm of subtle subtle realm of intelligence the upper rim of, of the material world hmm? and still the full exercise of that unto itself is not sufficient to give to free one from the, to solve the problem of death, which is the problem we all face, and um, and we see it every day, and we kind of put it in in the background. Talk about living in a fantasy, hmm? um, is what Yudhisthira said. Everybody, the most wonderful thing is everything. Everyone is dying, but no one thinks it will ever happen to themselves. Or they, it, it's a huge kind of state of denial in which we live and how we conduct ourselves. Now, of course, we turn it into a in negative impetus for the spiritual life and so forth. Uh, so to turn lemon into lemonade is, is the idea there. But my point is that, that Krishna differentiates his realm from even the Brahmalok, where you know the, the, the measure of the life, the length, the duration of the life is, is, such a, is thought to be such a long number that, I don't know, it's, it's a long one. I mean... Uh, is one day is you know so many so many um, millions of years and so forth as this calculus question of relative uh, time um, like we think if you go into space if you go to Mars or something it'll take you so many light years and and everybody on down on Earth will be dead by then and so you can't have anybody to write back to or that you know and. So forth. So anyway, Brahma's life is is long, 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 but it ends, and you have to take birth again. This is what Krishna says in the Gita. But this contradicts the Bhagavatam, because in the Bhagavatam it says that from Brahma's planet, when at the death of Brahma, then Brahma and his associates, they get mukti. So that's the trouble with these scriptures. You see, they contradict one another. You can't. You know, you can't make any consistent um, worldview out of it. That's why we need acharyas. So, um, how do we resolve this uh, contradiction? Krishna says everyone die. You, you die there, and Bhagavatam says the Brahman doesn't die. He, he gets mukti, hmm? along with his associates. Hmm. 
So the answer is that, that, that the post of Brahma hmm, is attained in different ways by different persons. Hmm? It may be a, attained through karma hmm, or by one in the, in the, in the, in the, on the path of karma, which means the Varnashram system. So it's said if one follows the Varnashram rules, which are considerable uh, in number, uh, uh, for a hu- perfectly for a hundred lifetimes, hmm, then that very religious, what would be a very religious, very pious person, can be t- attain the post of Brahma. So if he goes there by karma and becomes a Brahma, then when he dies, he has to take birth again. Hmm? Because by karma, right, you cannot transcend material existence. Karma is the very binding force of material existence. Hmm? So however good the karma is, and it's pretty pretty good for Brahma, it's, uh, that's the point. This guy's like, he, he has perfected the karmic path. Hmm? And it has afforded him, that person, the post of Brahma. Ordinarily, the general perfection is you go to the celestial realms. Life is pretty long there. But life there is short compared to Brahma's life. So the perfection of the karma marg, hmm, of doing good karma, is you can become a Brahma. Hmm? And the duration of your life will be extraordinary. You can't even hardly calculate it. Hmm? But because you've gone there by karma, hmm, you have to die again because as long as you're under the rule of karma, then there's birth and there's death. Hmm? So the Gita, in Gita's Krishna statement is in reference to those that kind of Brahma. Hmm? And, of course, he's making the statement in relation to his own abode from which he says, no one there ever takes birth again. There's no falling from my abode. Having gone there, one never returns. Um, it's one of the places in the Gita that he makes this important uh, point to us, which is a motivating factor. I mean, when you read that verse of the Gita, you're motivated by, I'm going to go to a place where, I, from where I don't have to take birth again. I'm going to get a permanent situation, which is what I've been trying to do. I've been renting. <laughs> I tried that. And now I'm going to buy. <laughs> okay, that's got its virtues, but it's got its problems as, as well. Hmm? Um, and... I want a permanent situation, a place where I can call my own, where I can, my feet can stand on, on, on stable ground and so forth. We want this kind of stability, security. And, of course, it lies in the self. The self is a unit of security, stability. It's, it's, it's not a product of time and space. Consciousness is not a product of the brain. It's not limited by time and space. And, and there's a place that's constituted of the basic similar stuff that the self is we call consciousness and 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 in 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 their various realms that uh, uh, in that consciousness super subjective world that um, uh, one can f- can find a resting place according to one's approach if you will so uh, it's a the point here is it's a very motivating uh, Krishna's trying to motivate us in the Gita when he says, in my abode, 
Hmm? There's no return. If we suddenly, if we misconstrue, as some do, that abode as a place from which one can return, then where's the motivation to go there? However long it may be, that's the point, right? Hmm? Then the impetus to go there is is lost. Hmm? It's very important to know that the abode and the ideal hmm, of love, for example, that we uh, identify with as, for example, the friend of Krishna or the lover of Krishna, is something that is already existing. It's eternal. Hmm? It's not a product of time and space. If it was, it would be a problem for us who are not constituted of anything that's... uh, 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 limited by or born from within time and space, consciousness. We need something that corresponds with ourself, a unit of eternity, with a prospect for loving and knowing. Hmm? So it's very important that uh, that we uh, describe that realm. And and that which makes that world go round, these sentiments for Krishna of Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, these loving sentiments, hmm, um, accurately as being uh, not being products of time and space, not being products of karma, as being eternal. So he says it in the Gita several times, and of course it's 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 just a a proper contextually speaking uh, understanding of the scripture. Uh, 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 affords abundant insight into this uh, point. You, you just can't miss it. Once you get it, you just can't can't miss it. And so, um, so by going to Brahma's planet by karma, I mean that's a special person. Still, it's problematic. We should even honor that kind of Brahma. And then there are jnanis that can attain the post of Brahma also. Hmm? Now, jnan, knowledge, is, is, the, is the basic idea that the, there are things, things in life are not the best, best things in life are not things. That's knowledge. Hmm? Karma is all about things, collecting things. And jnana is all about thought. Let me think for a minute. What's more important, thought or things? Therefore, thought absorbed in things is not a very good use of thought. Hmm? When thought itself is superior to the things. Hmm? Let's pursue thought itself, the realm of thought. Hmm? This is a this is a, a realm that could work for you or could work against you. The mind can help us or work against us. If it's absorbed in things that are temporary in nature, here today and gone tomorrow, then an identity in relation to those things is going to form and it's going to be problematic for us because we can't keep it even while we're pursuing that pursuing that enduring, stable kind of um, uh, life. But when we, it can be used in another way, this, this thought, that is yoga then, right? To stop thinking about things. And think about um, oneself, for example. So to turn mind and intelligence inward and focus on the self. So this is Gyan, the path of knowledge. This is how we define knowledge in our uh, culture, in, a, in our um, school. 
It's not just collecting information. Hmm? But there is an idea, and it's inscribed on the walls of some of the colleges, that by knowledge will set you free. So even a semblance of knowledge, information, and so forth, gives you freedom. If you get an education, you might be able to work out of your own home huh? and have, the, have some freedoms, hmm? right? Hmm? <laughs> so in, the, in, the, in our spiritual culture, then, we, we, we take this idea to the full uh, measure. Knowledge will set you free. You, knowledge means knowledge of the self. Then, this, Again, this point I made earlier, the ability to discriminate between consciousness and matter hmm? and uh, between uh, uh, things and the thinker hmm? that, uh, that, uh, that thinks about them, experienced, things that are experienced and the experiencer, and that I am the experiencer. So this kind of thought and this kind of pursuit, hmm? the Gyanmarg, it has as its ideal transcendence. Hmm? The karma mark doesn't have transcendence as its ideal hmm? unto itself. Uh, uh, but there's, there's a, in the karma mark, there's this remote idea of moksha. There's, there's dharma, artha, kama, and moksha. <laughs> what do you say? Uh, Dharma, Artha, get things, be good, uh, enjoy, and moksha, and get out. <laughs> so it's a few people hear that crazy people go off to the forest and and uh, and pursue that, and they then become part of the Gyan Marg rather than the Karma Marg, hmm? and they're directly pursuing transcendence. So you know, there can be Brahmas or those who attain the post of Brahma, who are jnanis. Hmm? Uh, and, of course, if they're proper jnanis, then they have respect for bhakti. Hmm? That's a proper knowing. And then with the help of a little bhakti, little bhakti, they can get mukti. So those kind of brahmas are the kind of brahmas that the Bhagavatam is talking about. And there's a third, and there's a fourth kind of brahma also. So the third kind of Brahma is what? That's the fourth kind. Hmm? The third, you can go there by, you can, a Jnani can go there, a Karmi can go there. Who else is there? Yogis. They're concluded with the Jnanis there. A Bhakta, a devotee can go there. Hmm? Gopu Kumar became a Brahma. Right? Hmm? Gopu Kumar and Brigad Bhagavatamrita Sanatha Goswami, he became a Brahma. Hmm? He attained the post of Brahma, but he was a devotee and pursuing Sakiras. We have a similar Brahma here, it appears, hmm? if we look at his history. A similar Brahma. We have to get to that. Hmm? Uh, but there's a fourth kind of Brahma, which just fully, uh, is, it, we just mentioned it fully emphasized, the importance of this post and and the divinity the nature of its uh, the, the the shades of its uh, divinity and that is as someone said sometimes Vishnu himself becomes Brahma because no one else is qualified hmm, in in that in that that universe so it's a very uh, special position so again we 
we want to speak about Brahma Vimohana, and we are very Vimohana <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> we are very bewildered, and the in the bewilderment of Brahma should uh, cause us to th think uh, uh, deeply and uh, r r have respect uh, for him. Um, he is, this Brahma is the leader of our Sampradaya. Hmm? And his bewilderment, of course, is, is, is a kind of bewilderment that uh, as much as we, um, he's being taught by it to move beyond it, um, it's something we, we all uh, suffer from as well to one extent or another hmm? in our progress. Although we theoretically understand the point of Krishna's being the fountainhead of divinity, as I mentioned earlier, um, uh, we, for the most part, don't understand it fully because if we did, it would provide uh, an impetus to drive an engine, if you will, of rag bhakti. And this is a statement that Krishna makes in the Gita about that, right? He says, I cited it last night, Aham sarvasya prabhava matasavam pravartate iti matvaba jantimam buddhabhavasamambhita If you know who I am, hmm? everything comes from me, hmm? I'm the source of everything, all the forms of God in all the worlds. Hmm? If you understand this point, really, hmm? uh, then, then buddhabhavasamambhita then one has in place half of what's required hmm, to do the kind of bhajan, to render the kind of service, to uh, adopt fully the path by which one can attain me in intimacy. Hmm? It's an interesting point because, of course, in love and intimacy, the friends of Krishna, for example, they don't think of Krishna as the supreme fountainhead of all forms of the divinity. But we have to understand that point thoroughly, and it serves as a great impetus hmm, for us to pursue the path by which that will be uh, forgotten. Hmm? You have to learn it to, uh, and to forget it, so to speak. Hmm? So, peculiar. Um, uh, so, uh, the, Brahma's coming to uh, digest this here. He, after all, in his own abode, you know, he is born from the uh, from the uh, lotus stem uh, that serves as like an, an umbilical cord from Vishnu, who is his combined mother and father. Hmm? Yeah, it's so peculiar that uh, that he's sometimes referred to as Aja. Uh, unborn because his birth is kind of different uh, than ordinary uh, birth, but there's some similarities. Hmm? But he's, and this is an important point in the in the whole chapter that he is kind of like the son of Garbhodaksha Vishnu. So, you know, what he did here is problematic, but yeah, he's the son of Garbhodaksha Vishnu. So this is um, latitude that. <laughs> With which uh, Krishna thinks about what what he's done, we haven't got to that exactly yet. But um, at any rate, uh, after uh, um, his birth from the lotus, of course, 
he he meets Krishna for the first time. But prior to that birth, at which time he gets initiation from Krishna of the Gopal Mantra. But what did he do prior to that? Because sometimes people ask, what should I do to qualify myself to be initiated and so forth? Well, there are either there are, in different systems there are different purest charges, if you will, systems of purification and things that you could do. You take a bath over here and do this over there and so forth and so on. Um, but what uh, what Brahma did, in essence, was that he cultivated. He he was introspective first of all, hmm? and and understood that he needed guidance. Hmm? To proceed in in life, um, and 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 as as such, um, he got guidance in the form of the sound, two syllables tapa tapa. So he thought this was this, this sound was in reciprocation to his introspection, and what it amounted to was tapa means really it means a cultivation of a submissive attitude. Hmm? Submission, hmm? and initiation, and sadhana bhakti is about submission and the culture of, of faith. Culture of sharanagati is the submission that is the outer face of the inner kind of invisible faith. How faith expresses itself outwardly, hmm? um, and it takes six forms. For example, accepting Krishna as one sustainer, accepting only. Only Krishna, Krishna is one's main protector. Accepting what's favorable for bhakti, rejecting what's unfavorable, self kind of resigning oneself over like a like a domestic animal, hmm? taken to be uh, milked when asked, uh, something like that, and and humility. These, these are the six angas or limbs of of sharanagati, and it's the outer expression of faith. Krishna asks Arjun to be a Sharanagata, hmm? to take up the path, hmm? to have faith in himself alone. Sarvadharman Purityaja. Mam ekam Sharanam. Hmm? So, Sadhana Bhakti is about faith and Sharanagati and submission. Um, this is Brahma. The guy's got four heads. He, you know, he could be in, he, he's in charge of a world. Um, but, um, uh, his power, as I say, to do that derives from his submission. So he cultivated this tapa. Hmm? It's a it's a form of really of of knowing, hmm? know the knowing that I need help. Hmm? That's like a beginning to the end of the of the problem. Hmm? Hmm? Uh, and so, as a result, in due course, of course. The uh, Narayan appeared before him. Hmm? Nice descriptions in Bhagavatam and, and other texts and so forth. Hmm? And in the context of that appearance, he showed himself as Gopabesh Krishna. Krishna dressed as a Gopa, as a cowherd boy. Narayan showed this face to him, hmm? and with with his hands in the in the in the gyan mudra. For, for blessing. Hmm? So he's dressed like a gopa, charming, but he's giving knowledge and he imparted the Diksha Mantra to Brahma, gave him certain vices. In the context of that, he also 
Brahma could understand, he reached out, he, he touched him, he shook his hand, as Prabhupada said. My friend, he said, come. Pal. So, so Brahma felt, and he says it in his prayers, he responds to, to Krishna, that you expressed some friendship with me, some sense of camaraderie that we might have a relationship of this type. Hmm? And Vishwanath Chakrabhita says, so Brahma is responding to that which has been offered to him by the Godhead, the possibility of a relationship in friendship with Krishna. Hmm? Using the word Sakya means friendship. Hmm? So our opportunity to serve Krishna is also fully dependent upon the opportunity that presents itself to us through Sadhu Sangha. Hmm? Right? So, here Krishna was the Sadhu in his life and he offered him friendship. So, the devotees whom we meet in our lives, uh, the significant uh, Vaishnavas, our guru and so forth, are going to be driven by an inner um, pursuit um, in, in friendship for Krishna or in romantic love for Krishna. And then we are going to uh, uh, through them and through the collective of the Sampradaya and the way it writes about the literature and understands it and so forth, we're going to get impressions, hmm? sanskars, that are, going to, that are going to affect our subtle body and dispose us, unbeknownst to us, hmm? to some extent, to a particular way of serving Krishna that will then gradually manifest as if it's a choice of our own. Hmm? And it is a choice. We choose to accept bhakti. We exercise our will. We embrace it. And as it, as that bhakti develops and manifests, the seed of the rati, or the bhava, the prem that we will attain, the relationship with Krishna will, change, will retain, is imparted through sadhu sangha. So as the seed unfolds, hmm, blossoms, hmm, then we identify either by practice or with the help of theory, also an explanation of these things, and we go, oh, that's what's going on, that's how it's working, and so forth. You know, it's an opportunity presented to us, we respond appropriately to it, as Brahma did, so it was, at this, at the time of initiation, it was determined, I am pursuing friendship with Krishna, Sakirati, this kind of Brahma, like Gopakumar, that kind of Brahma, a very special Brahma. So again, we offer our respect to Brahma, who's Nomidite, offering his respects here to uh, to Krishna, hmm? who's now shown him super extraordinary uh, majesty and power. Of course, as you know, uh, Brahma. Uh, well, well, Brahma. I should say that that uh, that. Um, Brahma saw something very extraordinary. We'll go into it. And now he's seeing something even more extraordinary. He saw the majesty of Krishna. Now he's really seeing close up the madhurya, the intimacy of Krishna, the sweetness of Krishna. So he begins his prayers with this aspiration to attain that kind of sweetness, that that, that this is his, his deity. Um, so this is an important point we'll get to. But, 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 when Brahma first saw Krishna, he saw him in Gopavesh, but 
He saw him as a form of Narayan. Narayan can show the face of Krishna also. When I had the fortune of going to uh, um, Varakala in in, uh, in in Kerala, you know, Padmanabh Chetra there, well, just out to the coast room there is Varakala. It's another famous temple where they have the Janardhan, you know, 20-foot-long deity lying down of, 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 of Vishnu, hmm? Garbhadakshay Vishnu, and taking it easy there like this. And um, I went there, and I think it was Janmastami, and and so they had him dressed up like Gopal, as best as you could dress up that guy like like Gopal. <laughs> so on the days of the different avatars, like Ram Nomi or Nishinga Chaturdasi, then they'll dress him up like that. So he had their ideas. Narayan is the source of all the avatars. He shows these different faces. They appear in the world at different times and come back and appear, and they're all coming from him, which is an angle of vision that um, is accurate. It's not the whole picture, but it, it's, it's, it, it is truth to that. Hmm? Right? And so Narayan had this kind of idea, naturally. Huh? The descriptions readily in Bhagavatam and other places uh, are of of Brahma's meeting, uh, getting initiated, they're all full of... He's seeing he's seeing Vishnu, his source. Hmm? But then he also sees the Gopa, Gopa Besh, and it got, it's the mantra, so Narayan shows this face to him. Hmm? But he still doesn't understand Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. He hasn't figured that out yet. Hmm? Hmm? Um, and and he, although he's offered friendship, he doesn't quite realize he can't have it fully with Narayan. Hmm? Even Narayan shows that face in Vaikuntha at times. Hmm? It's not that the people of Vaikuntha have a relationship with Gopal Krishna, that face of Narayan. Hmm? Therefore, when that face was shown, for example, to Gopal Kumar, he couldn't take advantage of it and it wasn't quite didn't work for him. Because hmm? you couldn't enter there. To know that Oh, Narayan shows his face like this at times, and he's got some friends and cows, and and he shows that Leela, and they go, "Well, that's very charming, Leela." Hmm? But Gopukumar wanted to enter into that Leela, but he couldn't enter it. Into, there's not a, a Vaikuntha planet called Krishna Loka that you can have those pastimes and enter in there. Hmm? There's Dasya Bhakti, there's Shanta Shanta Bhakti, Shanta Rasa Bhakti. There's no Sakya Rasa, so he can show that. But he, he can't, it, it's different than the Mahabhakuntha of Krishna look where you can actually enter there. And this is the aspiration of Gopal Kumar. So when he saw that, it, it didn't, Narayan couldn't keep him there. Hmm? Even in spite of being able to show him that uh, uh, that face of himself. Hmm? So, uh, so Brahma is, he sees that. He, meanwhile, he's offered friendship by Krishna. He wants that, but he hasn't understood this point of tattva sufficiently. He gets uh, then a further blessing of Vishnu to uh, that I'm going to stay in this world. You're going to give me the power for creation. i got to have a place. Will you stay there? So the Mahapurusha agrees to live on the planet of Brahma. He's living there. Hmm? He has his place in Sreta and he has a like a, a, a cottage at uh, <laughs> uh, a second home at uh, in, 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 in Satyalok, in Brahmaloka. And what does he do there? This is the Mahapurusha, the Yagya Bhuk, the enjoyer of all sacrifice. So what happens there is there's these big sacrifices that are offered 
every day. Huge sacrifices of, you know, ghee and nice things are offered and, and so on and so forth. And um, so to please everybody who's made the offering, he eats everything and then he goes to sleep. Hmm? It's a mystic sleep, but he sleeps. And then he wakes up, he accepts offerings, and he goes to sleep. That's what he does. Hmm? Different than Krishna, who never can sleep at all, right? But uh, uh, so Brahma is this is this is the who, God is living there in this form, on his uh, in his abode. Hmm? Meanwhile, he's initiated by Krishna, and and he's been offered, and it was actually Swayam Bhagavan in the Gyan Mudra, but he identifies it as a face of Narayana. So, so all these points need to be clarified in his bhajan life. Hmm? Hmm? So that he can be his focus can be clear and he can attain his his ideal. Hmm? So Krishna provides an opportunity hmm? uh, to help him to progress. Hmm? After all, he's a peculiar disciple because you know he's this is Brahma, and uh, Krishna is his, his guru directly. Hmm? So here's Krishna serving as the guru of of, of Brahma and he's teaching Brahma. So. Uh, so this this is one side, if an important side, to this Leela of the slaying of Agasura amongst the cowherds. This is a uh, as Krishna has described here, of course, in intimacy, this is really the beginning of Krishna's uh cowherd uh life. It's just the cusp between his Kumar Leela and his Poganda Leela. And Poganda means his boyhood where where all the qualities of Krishna that are very uh, endearing to Sakyarasa Upasakas, those who pursue this ideal, they fully manifest. For, for example, he's just at the cusp here, so when Brahma speaks to, Brahma, uh, to Krishna in so many prayers, Krishna doesn't respond, he doesn't say anything. Hmm? Um, one of the reasons is because his quality of eloquence of speech doesn't manifest until he attains the Poganda age fully. Hmm? In his Kumar age, even the Sesh Kumar, he doesn't have yet manifest that ability to speak so eloquently as he did, for example, uh, at seven years old, well into his Poganda age, when the discussion about worshipping Indra... Hmm? as opposed to Govardhan came up and Krishna spoke very eloquently and philosophically and enamored Nanda Maharaj, my son, he's speaking like a philosopher, he's only seven years old and so forth. At this point, Krishna's mumbling things and um, it just, he's just kind of, just kind of, of course he's omniscient, That's this, this side of him is also there and comes out to some extent, but... Hmm. In the context of the Leela, these boys are just beginning to uh, fully uh, experience their friendship with Krishna. Therefore, it's said in the previous chapter, in the 13th chapter, that Krishna, who is the Yagyabuk, and they said that's a reference to the Mahapurush, right? The God of all, enjoyer of all sacrifices in Brahmaloka. The Yagyabuk is sitting on the bank of the Jamuna, surrounded not by all these people bowing down, uh, but by these friends. Hmm? 
and and he is each one of them is offering something to him after tasting it themselves going, hmm, that's good and then they it's as if they have two tongues hmm? i've tasted it with this tongue to see if it's good enough and if it is i'll put it on my other tongue which is krishna's tongue hmm? they are an extension really of krishna's own senses this is the bade perspective that they've entered into uh, uh, a realm where they are um, manifest, extended manifestations of Krishna's own senses or Krishna's own desire to experience, to taste, and so forth, and they are facilitating that. When we look at it from the from the abed, from that's the abed perspective. From the bade perspective, then we talk about rasa, and, and that's of course more more charming perspective. But both are true. Hmm? So Krishna's as Swayam Bhagavan, he's fully playing himself out as as Rasaraj through the senses of all the devotees whose bodies, whose forms and senses are awarded by him and are manifestations of his own his own Swarup Shakti, which is non different from him. See, so those forms in one sense are non different from him, so they are uh the the way in which he can practically be the um the Rasaraj, the taster of all things. So all nuances of friendly love are experienced by him through the medium of these boys, hmm? all of whom have their own desires in one sense, but all those desires are under the influence of the Srup Shakti, again, that's only living to satisfy Krishna. So all of them are unique and different, but all of them are for the pleasure of Krishna. So he's able to fully taste friendliness through all of these boys. And here he's sitting, and Bhagavatam uh, uses the word yogi book. Here's the yogi book. It's a reference to the, what Brahma's familiar with. His yogi book is, that's him sitting here. Hmm? Uh, and see how how that same phenomena, if you will, of offering sacrifice to Krishna, is, is, to God is manifesting here in this realm. As if, as I say, they have two tongues. One tongue, first I'll taste it if it's, if it's, if it's, good enough, then I give it to my first tongue, that's Krishna's tongue. So they were tasting the food themselves, typically making the offering, you don't taste it yourself, but but they were doing that. Hmm? Hmm? Yeah, so, so, oh, this is really good. Then they put it on Krishna's mouth. Hmm? If it's not that good, they would give it to a friend. Hmm? And if it was still lower, then they would keep it for themselves as with their practice. Hmm? <laughs> If it was the best tasting preparation, immediately give it to Krishna. If it's pretty good, immediately share it with a friend. If it's it's all good, but if it's if it's if it's perfect, I'll eat it myself. If it's more perfect, I'll give it to a friend. If it's most perfect, I'll give it to Krishna. Hmm? And of course Krishna's giving it back to them as well. <laughs> so this is also part of obviously Brahma's bewilderment. He's seeing a manifestation of the Yagya Book, the enjoyer, um, in a new setting that's very peculiar, and 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 very attractive. Each boy, this is the, the reason that this Leela is manifest in Krishna's. The, just at the end of his Kumar Leela. He's now a calf herder. He hasn't yet started herding calves, but he's just about 
there. So you can find Jiva Goswami will call to Poganda Leela or uh, you know, extend it, something like that. Or he'll call the Denikasir Leela the Kishore Leela because it ends with Kishore. It ends with Krishna exchanging glances with the gopis and so forth. So it's right on 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 the cusp. But one of the reasons that this Leela manifests at this time is because in this Leela there are three types of Rasa Leela. I mentioned this the other day. There are four kinds of Rasa Leela in that the Rasa Leela, the famous one, um, that where the gopis meet with Krishna, is essentially about each gopi hmm, having her sense of romantic love with Krishna confirmed. Hmm? How you say it? Um, consummated. The Rasa Leela is the consummation. Hmm? They met before, they, they exchanged glances, he stole their clothes at the Jamuna. He told them, I'll marry you in the future. Mm-hmm. Consider it done. We'll consummate it later. Mm-hmm. He said. Uh, and this, then they come next year, then the Rasalila, then they meet. And, and, they, and they each one, each individual gopi, right, feels that Krishna is dancing with her. She's fully got him. Mm-hmm. So they've got the full experience. This is the, it's the culmination of their pursuit. So how has this happened then to the Sakirasa uh, devotees and to the Vatsalirasa devotees? And I said the Dasirasa there is already tinged with Sakirasa, so it's included. So with the concern is, what about these others? So here it's happening, obviously, for the cowherds. So this is another kind of Rasa Leela. Indeed, uh, much as the the the, the, the the extraordinary kirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Puri, in the Rathayatra, um, is sometimes uh, compared to the Rasa Leela. Krishnadas compares it to this setting, hmm? where Krishna is sitting on the banks of the Jamuna with all of his friends, and each one thinks, Krishna is sitting next to me, hmm? and he's taking food from my tongue, hmm? and my relationship with him as a friend is consummated here it's like okay i'm and now we're going to go into pogunda and and lila and 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 uh, fully play it out hmm? so krishna das kaviraj and chaitanya charitamrita compares chaitanya mahaprabhu dancing in all the different i think he had like seven groups and he appeared in all the groups at the same time and each devotee in the group, each of the groups who was doing kirtan, felt that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, was looking at them, something like that, hmm? giving that they had got fully his attention, they must have done something right. Hmm? When you would get Prabhupada's attention, and he would look at you, then you would think, oh, he's looking at me, through me. <laughs> his glance was very powerful. He had the kind of eyes and glance that Bali Bidivushan speaks about, of the of power through glancing, to bestow grace. It's a, it's a particular opulence. Hmm? So they got that glance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And Krishna says, it was as, it just as if he was he himself was transported to this, along the bank of the Jamuna, and Krishna with each of his friends, he looked at each one of them, each one feels Krishna sitting with me. Hmm? So this is essentially a kind of, a second kind of Rasalila for Sakirasa. Now, then we have the third kind. Did I say there was four? Yes, there's, there's 
one, two, I guess there's three. I meant three, there's 3.5. Um, <laughs> that means that for the mothers and fathers in Vrindavan and for the cows. Hmm? The cows is some, some, some sense of, of, of Vatsaliras also, right? Hmm? Uh, that's that's how the you know this this is very painful every morning that Krishna is going to go in the forest with his friends and the the Vasalya bhaktas are left behind Nanda Yashoda and it's a big drama every morning, um, but he Krishna finally tells him you can't come you got to go back I'm going to go everything's going to be all right but of course the cows go with him, so Vatsalya Rasa gets to go to some extent and 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 this helps to ease the pain of Yashoda. And Nanda Maharaj. So, the cows and the mothers in this Leela hmm, get to experience Krishna as their son hmm, and as their calf. So, this is the third and fourth Rasa Leela, if you will. In other words, what happened, as you know, some of you are aware, in this Leela, Krishna killed the Agasura, and that was very extraordinary the way he did that. And the, and the Devas took notice of it. And and Brahma as well, and so he went there, and then he saw Krishna. Looked like Krishna, who I saw at the time of my initiation, my guru. It's different than the Yagya book up there. I think he's different, and and and, and here he is, um, and he's dressed like a gopa, but he's not showing the Gyan Mudra here. He's like, what is he doing? Is he an imposter or who who is he? He's like he's really like seems. Um, not very well uh, behaved. He's not uh, very attentive to his dress. That's another quality of Krishna that doesn't manifest in the Kumar Leela, which is a quality that's relative to the Sakirati devotees. Suvesh, a very nice dresser. We heard this morning that the Poganda Leela uh, includes, for example, Krishna's uh, chastising of Kaliya. What did we hear this morning? When he stood up on the Kadamba tree, he was going to jump in to chastise Kali, what did he do? He wanted to fasten his belt and make sure he's looking good. <laughs> so this is a Poganda sensibility, a boyhood sensibility, that when 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 a sweater some becomes a meaningful gift at Christmas, you know. <laughs> cool. Especially as it, see in Krishna's Poganda Leela, in the middle of his Poganda Leela, he starts his Kishore sensibilities start to manifest, which means his adolescence starts to manifest. So his romantic sensibilities are coming into play when it really is important how you dress now. Hmm? And of course how you how you have to you have to make you have to come up with a good line right? <laughs> 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 to present yourself uh, and so forth. So these are not yet uh fully manifest. So Brahma's seeing him, he's like, you know, he's got a wrapper on, you know, and he's not He's got the food in his hand, left hand, and so forth, and 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 he's not sure what the situation is. So he wants to test his power. What is his power? Hmm? Um, it's kind of innocent in a sense. You want to see the power of your guru, and so you do something. See what his power will be, and he knows that you're doing that, and so he shows you the power. That's, that's very extraordinary. Um, he's a little bit like that, and a little bit unsure. Is it? Is this the same? Same person who initiated me. He looks similar, but the way he's acting is very different. Of course, he's acting. What's happening is that at this point in in Brahma's practice, hmm, 
that sangskar for Sakya Bhakti that was given to him in a seed hmm, has grown to the point where the vibhav, the 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 vibhav, hmm, which has a causal effect on the on the seed of Rati to bring it out, hmm, has manifest is come become come before him. Hmm. In other words, we do our practice, and you know we may say, okay, I'm getting initiated in this line. It's a Madhurya Rasa line or a Sakya Rasa line. Oh, great! And going, and at a certain point, it starts to become clear to us: this particular Krishna and these associates of Krishna, these I'm hearing about them. This grows that love. They're causal in that way, cause it to grow, hmm? because that they are the embodiments of that. They are a locus for the Baba. Hmm? That Bob has a locus, right? In the object, as the object and as the embodiment of love. The object of the friendly love in this case and the embodiment of the love. Hmm? So it becomes clear to the sadhak at a certain point. So then he likes, she likes to hear about them. He finds that this, this, this causes this, this, this seed to grow. So here, Brahma, again, he's, hasn't quite figured all that out. Hmm? He saw Krishna in Gopavesh. He's worshiping the Yagyabuk. That's a little, you know. But he's got the seed hmm? for Sakirati. Hmm? So now Krishna's showing him hmm? the Vibhav. It means, in theory, he understands the Vibhav. He's not experiencing the Vibhav in Bhava Bhakti, but in theory. And it has a causal um, nature to it, the Vibhav. There's two types of Vibhav, of course, Udipana and Alambana, but both have a causal type of influence. Here he's in the setting. The setting is perfect for Sakirasa. I mean, it's a it's a full-blown Sakirasa Leela that he's in. So the Udipana Ubavs are there, and the Krishna is there in that form, just dressed as, just a, a, as a cowherd and surrounded by his friends. So, uh, he's, he, so Anyways, I say I'm going to explain the story. So Krishna is 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 uh, uh, witnessed by Brahma. He wants to test him, and so Brahma uh, exerts the maximum of his own power to, at least he thinks he does, to kidnap the boys and the calves. Krishna's with the boys taking lunch, and the calves are out of sight, which then becomes a real heartbeat for the boys. As we heard this morning in the in 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 the Pogandalila, when the cows uh, died by drinking the waters from the Jamuna where Kaliya had poisoned it, what did the boys do? They went and drank the water too. Hmm? They said the cows have died. That means we're dead. We have no life. Hmm? So you know. Those vegans, they like cows, but not like those coward boys. <laughs> uh, they, they really like them. They're living for them. And the cows are are, are, are generous uh, in relation to them as well. So they went and they, they drank the water themselves as well and said, if the cows are dead, we are dead. Hmm. Of course, Krishna brought them back to life as we heard this morning, both of them. Hmm. Uh, so, when Brahma steals the calves, and the calves, of course he can't really steal them, they're they are manifestations of Krishna's Sarup Shakti, so he can't really steal them. So they, 
become unmanifest by the power of yoga maya hmm? and some some facsimile of them goes into the cave and meanwhile Krishna of course knowing the hearts of all the calves and all the coward boys manifests himself as the coward boys in a way that their mothers and the cows can't understand that it's anyone other than their own sons and their own calves that's how well Krishna knew their hearts he could fully manifest in such a way that the parents could not tell it wasn't their son all they could experience was more affection for their son because previously their sons of course constituted their relationship with their sons constituted a sanchari bhav for their vatsalya bhav sancharis are companion bhavas they're companions to the um stai bhav the dominant and, and self-defining bhava that, that is synonymous with rasa when combined with the other uh, rasic in- ingredients. Sakirati is a term for both the budding of Sakirasa and for Sakirasa in maturity. Sometimes it's differentiated by the term Sakirasa. Hmm? But at any rate, um, yeah, they... Uh, <clears throat> the parents have a relationship with their with their friends and the, with their kids, and the kids have a relationship with the parents, and every devotee has a relationship with other devotees that constitutes a sanchari bhav. It's a companion bhava that augments their stai bhav. Hmm? It's called surit rati, love of the friend, by Rupa Goswami. Hmm? Well, all the love is Krishna-centered, but the question comes, what about the love? How do they feel towards one another? They feel towards one another in relation to Krishna. So suddenly, those sons for the mothers and those calves for the cows that they had a relationship with that constituted a sanchari bhav that augmented their stai bhav, suddenly they're feeling their stai bhav hmm, in relation to their sons because Krishna has become their son. Hmm? Like they can't quite figure it all out uh, and they, you don't want them to, they don't want to figure it, they don't want them to figure it out because that, that then uh, takes away from the experience, right? So they had their rasalila is the point. Hmm? Right? <laughs> Yeah, they they had their asalila, the mothers with their with, with Krishna. Krishna is my son, the confirmation. Krishna, is, he was their son, but of course he's the son of Nanda and Yasoda. But we feel like he's our son more than our own sons. Is there something wrong with us? Hmm. How's that? How's that working? We we all feel like that, hmm? but and the, our sons feel like. They love Krishna more than the parents, so I guess it's not a problem. <laughs> we all feel like that, but it's a strange place. So, so now they get the the confirmation, the full confirmation. Yes, believe it. You felt it. It's true. I'm your son. Experience it directly. Hmm? And the calves also, and so and and the, the the mothers and the fathers were so attentive to their sons. And the cows so attentive to the calves hmm, that maybe it'll come later on. But Balram was seeing that, who wasn't present when when during the Agasur Leela and the Brahma's mischief and so forth. He uh, he he says, "What's going on here? Hmm? What kind of power is is at, at work here that's causing this? How can the parents?" He's thinking, "Love their sons 
more than Krishna. That's not how it works here. Hmm? Hmm. He's pretty astute. Balaram knows the Rasa Tattva. <laughs> See, they're supposed to have Sanchari Bhav with their sons. What the so, so he gets the insight. Oh, something. Krishna's done something. Something's happened. That's that's what happens. One day, you don't go on herding cows with him. Who knows? A, a year's worth of things will happen. <laughs> right? A whole year's worth of things. Extraordinary things. What tales there are to tell. Hmm? Just on one day, one cow herding day. What, what, on what grounds could you possibly agree to forego one cow herding day with Krishna? Hmm? On what grounds? Only one. Only one. Hmm? Gopakumar was asked by Radha, I got something I want you to do for me. Uh, but it means you won't be able to go cow herding today. He said, tell me, what is it? Because his thinking was, if I please Radha, then Krishna will be more pleased with me even if that, than if I go cowherding with him. And her, and what did she want? She's the compassionate nature of Krishna. She said, oh, there's somebody in the Braj now who's living in the Braj, which is the best pace, place for bhajan. Hmm? And they reached a point in their practice that that Krishna can't bear their separation any longer. Go there and and bring him here. Hmm? He's a friend of Krishna like you. Radharani gave order to to Gopakumar Sarupa. Go there and bring him. Hmm? And he goes and course, he tells the whole story of the second canto of Brihad Bhagavatamrita, which culminates in Janasharma, which was his name, becoming a Priyanarmasaka, following Gopakumar, who was a Priyanarmasaka. Hmm? who have great affinity for the service of Radha. So he thought, there's only one reason for not going, one one better, one one valid excuse for not going, hmm? cow herding. That is, uh, if, it, if the service of Radha should somehow arise and take, it will take precedent. Of course, Balaram missed it by force of circumstance and uh, he couldn't get out of it by social obligations and so forth. Uh, on that day, and of course, to make it possible for the Leela to 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 uh, fully unfold, because if Brahma Balaram was there, it's unlikely that the boys would have been allowed to enter into the mouth of Agasur. He would have intervened. Hmm? So he is uh, uh, his Vatsalya comes up twice. There is some Vatsalya in the Sakyabhav of, of Balaram comes up twice. In one sense, like I was telling Atmananda the other day, he sees this mystic power of Krishna that's caused the the, the, the friends to be loved by their parents, the sons, as if he was Krishna, if they were Krishna. And he thinks that something special is going on here, and he and he thinks of Krishna as in a, in a respectful way as the master of all powers, and he shows his well, he shows the dasya bhava there. I should say that's also part of his bhava. The Batsalya side of his bob is also shown to some extent in that he didn't go because if he went, then it would have been it would have been restricted, the fun of entering into into Agastura's mouth out of his you know parental side, if you will. Hmm? So anyway, um, 
Krishna's manifested himself, and and all and, you know, so many wonderful things happen, right? All the mothers, all the cows, all the coward boys, they get the 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 confirmation. What was the word used? The, the consummation. Yeah, their relationship is consummated, hmm? and 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 then, of course, when Brahma returns in a moment, which is a year of Krishna's time, he sees that. I thought I stole all those boys and calves, but here they all are, just continuing as if nothing ever happened. And and then suddenly all the boys turn into Vishnu, into Narayans, hmm? and from them universes emanate from the pores of their bodies, and each universe has a Brahma hmm? and a Shiva and, 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 and there's a Garbhodaksha Vishnu and Brahma's being born in all the universes. I mean, talk about spinning his four heads. That was his head was spinning from seeing. Is this the Yagya book? What's he? He's sitting here like this. Is it? I better. That's confusing. And then, the Aishvarya, hmm, by which he he comes. He's coming now to the conclusion that Krishna is not the source of Narayan. Krishna is not just a face of Narayan. Narayan derives from Krishna. Hmm? This is a very prominent part of these the, these prayers, hmm? and it comes out to a just a little bit here in the beginning. Most of this verse, of course, is all just descriptions of Krishna. But the beginning words, "Numidite," he means he I I offer my prayers to you, and in that, what's happening also is that it, there is a longing. Sanatana Goswami describes there's a longing in his prayer hmm, to attain the ideal. So as I say, the the Vishayalambana, he's identified the Vishayalambana. It corresponds with the seed of his rati and his desire to attain Krishna in that form, hmm, which means not to be him, but to attain a relationship with him in that form, like the other cowherds. Hmm. So his sadhana now has reached a point of longing. Hmm? Sadhana Bhakti is characterized by submission. Bhava Bhakti is characterized by longing. There's some overlapping, of course. So Brahma's now beginning lolasa. Hmm? He has some greed that's manifesting. I want to attain that form. And just to talk about that form is enough. And, and, and So this verse is like the whole full glorification. All these other philosophical verses, which are given more importance in one sense, are all less important. Hmm? They're all following after that. After that, There's philosophy that supports all of that. Hmm? And you can use it to get there. Hmm? But Brahma's got there by a special arrangement of Krishna. He's seeing the object of his love and it corresponds again with the seed that he's received and he wants to attain that and all he has to do, all he's compelled to do, all, it, it, all he's, it, it, what he feels is is complete and sufficient, uh, uh, or, or, uh, or the, the appropriate thing to do is just to glorify that. To glorify what? A complexion? You have a beautiful black complexion, huh? You have you're dressed simply like you're holding this food, and you're so he's seeing him with eyes of, of, uh, of. Of love, and and 
of course, Krishna's silent, but Brahma's like, he's a thoughtful guy, you know, those four heads, he's like intelligent. And so he, he's a, he has a slight, he's a slight apprehension. Like, I'm feeling like this towards him, but, you know, I've been accustomed to worshiping him as Yagyabuk and so forth. I, I hope I'm saying the right thing because, you know, normally I would speak differently. I'm just saying, Something that corresponds with the with the with the circumstance. You're beautiful. I love you. That's what he's. Is it appropriate for me to say that? Hmm? Another devotee I know that's cultivating the sakirasa. He got in touch with me some time back, and he said, "Marsha, I have a question." He said, "In my bhajan, sometimes I have a desire to to kiss to kiss Krishna on the on the cheek. Is it appropriate?" Hmm? So he, he he felt like that, but he wanted some some confirmation that. So I I gave him scriptural evidence to support his budding sensibility that cowherds they they like to kiss kiss Krishna on the cheek. Hmm? So he was oh, okay. so sometimes we need a little a little support. This is the importance of a guru, Sikshu guru, to help us in our budjan guru to help us clarify as we go. As we enter into that, that how, Brahma's entering there, but how do you, how do you act here? I, I, I feel I want to be here, but like I'm clumsy. I got these four heads. I've been worshiping Krishna as Vishnu. These kids are acting like this. I don't, I don't have a body quite like that yet. How do I, how do I develop? So he has some little apprehension at the same time. So he's thinking what Krishna might, how Krishna might be responding. He's offered a prayer that's beautiful and complete in itself. Just chant this prayer and, and, and enter into the to 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 Sakirati. It's it's complete, hmm? uh, but he's not sure. <laughs> so he's thinking, you know, Krishna's. I, I said I, I I offer myself to you. I I I I, I offer nomidate. I I offer my prayer to you, myself to you. So you offer your prayers to God, and he's thinking. You know, I'm thinking I should be offering prayers to him, but but he may be thinking because he's just like a, like a coward boy. He may be thinking, "What are you talking about? You know, Yagyabuk is God, the Paramatma is God. He lives on your planet. Hmm? Um, uh, you've realized you've realized the Paramatma, the uh, Yagyabuk is a manifestation of the Paramatma. Hmm? So he's thinking maybe Krishna will think, "What are you talking about?" Hmm? So he, he he what's coming out here is also his sensibility that Krishna is a personality of God, so he he's, and and he says in his first lines he says what he says hmm? Now this could also fit the ugly book because he also has a dark complexion. He also wears golden attire. Of course, it's not simple by comparison, but and so Brahma's. He's kind of thinking as he goes, uh, as he as he tries to get beyond thinking. He's still thinking, <laughs> and he, and he and he's and so he he he's, uh, I, Krishna may think that I'm talking about the yogi book because he's also got that kind of complexion. He's also dressed in light. He's got a dark complexion like the rain cloud and wrapped in lightning like like clothing, very very dazzling. But no, I I, I better say something more to make clear. I want to love you. I love you. You, uh, as weird as that might sound, 
Um, and I feel it's right, but of course, I don't know if I could support that with scripture or, or, or anything. And, and so to, to clarify that it's you that I want to attain and you who I'm talking about and you who I'm offering respects to, he says, he continues, he says, Gunjava Tongsa Paripicha Lasan Mukaya, you who, whose, your complexion may be the same as Narayan, you're maybe uh, dressed with, flashing lightning-like uh, attire to contrast the dark cloud-like complexion that you have, rain cloud full of mercy. And so, but, but, but you're not, that's not, you're different. I like you like this, where you're not wearing golden ornaments and crown and so forth, but some peacock left a, left a plume and you picked it up and that's become your crown. Paripicha. Hmm? This is a quality of Krishna in Braj only. Krishna doesn't wear a peacock feather in Mathura. Krishna doesn't wear a peacock feather in Dwarka. Narayan doesn't wear a peacock feather, right? Hmm? So he's distinguishing. This is this is you. Who else wears a peacock feather besides Krishna? All the boys. Why? Because Samatha. They're like him. Bhagavatam says they like him in every way. So as he dresses, they also dress. Hmm? <laughs> uh, but those are like, oh, there a peacock left a flower, left a, left a plume, pick it, put it on the, on the head, something like this. This is your crown, not like Narayan. And your ornaments are these gunja berries. You pick the gunja berries, string them together, make a necklace, make earrings out of them, playing and so forth. Uh, it's 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 you who I I want to attain. Hmm? And, and, and you and you have like flowers over here. Your face is nicely framed, very, very, uh, very charming. Banyasraje, mm. you have a garland of, 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 of flowers from the forest. The famous Vijayanti flower garland mm. is from the forest of Vrindavan. There's five different kinds of flowers and so forth. Kavalavet Rivisana Venu. So, and in your hand. It is in the left hand is the rice and fruit and and yogurt hmm? as simple as you are and as un, un misbehaved um and and and, and um non unbrahminical and um kind of un uncivilized coward just like that i i want you in, in this is a feeling in my heart that i should have you as my Ideal, who has a flute, hmm? venu, and a vishana, uh, buffalo horn, bittern, and a stick for herding cows. But the buffalo horn, they actually said it's a horn of an antelope, like a black antelope, and it gold on the top and the bottom. He has a stick about four feet tall with gold on on the top, and and different kinds of flutes, hmm? the, the venu, murali, the the Bangsi. Bangsi is most uh, famous in Vrindavan. Different kinds of Bamsis. Bamsi means a bamboo flute. The Anandini is a favorite friend of everybody in Vrindavan, the flute, because when Krishna plays it, then they know where he is. Hmm? Oh, he's over there. Okay. That's very popular. Hmm? So Brahma sees him with all these things. In Lakshma Srijay, Srijay, Murdupade, hmm? um, who's 
ex- exceedingly beautiful, and her feet are very soft. Hmm? The soft feet of Krishna. This is now again, just he's saying his feet are very soft. They're always soft, but they're particularly soft now. It's still his Kumar Leela. He doesn't quite weigh enough in pounds. Again, he can measure him, right? Kind of enough pounds to make an imprint on the ground until he reaches Poganda age. Then it can make an imprint and the footprints can be followed. So he's saying they're very soft and delicate and and not not yet powerful enough to make make a footprint as if you're walking above the ground. And and you, to you, I... it is you I offer myself to, myself to. I want to attain you who are the Pashapangajaya, as I said earlier. The, that, that an anga issuing from the uh, commander of the cows, Nandababa. Shri Nandababa ke jai. Bhagavan Shri Krishna ke jai. Shri Brahmadev ke jai. So this is a little bit about the first... Uh, verse of his prayer. The whole thing is complete with this prayer, but he's going to go on and uh, elaborate and make sure that his, his ideal is philosophically supportable. In the next verse, he gives a little support uh, to follow this, because again, he, 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 he either Krishna communicates with him telepathically, or he or he, th- he overthinks, and Krishna might be thinking this, and so I'll say that, and, and we'll, we'll get to that and go Go forward as we continue. Question, yes. Thank you for unpacking that beautiful verse. Sadhu, sadhu. You know, I always say, oh, we're going to do prayers, and I have this, like, you know, immediately, like, it's going to be a lot of Aishvari or something. It's just so, so, so Thank you. Um, so my question is, we hear that Krishna appears once in a day of Lord Brahma, Lila can happen in, in, in different ways hmm? for different types of Brahmas. That's uh, a distinct possibility and not have the same um, results. Um, or it, it doesn't have to happen either. So these Leelas are not historically bound. They can repeat themselves, They can, re- but they can repeat themselves differently or they don't have to repeat themselves. So the question might be, you know, the, the Krishna appears once in the day of Brahma. So does Brahma do this every day? <laughs> Go through this whole thing every day? That, so we would think it happens once in the life of that Brahma. Hmm? Hmm. Such a momentous occasion. So Krishna Leela is continually man- manifesting, but again, it's not bound by history. So it, it manifests differently in different at different times and different aspects. Some Same Leela may be there with different points, that uh, are uh, are uh, it serves to bring out and different details and and so forth. Does that help? Yeah. So does that happen with 
you said that with the Bhakta Brahma, because you're talking about the different Brahmas? Yeah, this happens with the Bhakta Brahma. So like the other Brahmas, it doesn't happen to them? Not like this. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Not like this. All right. Yes. I had a question about um, pretty much all the living entities from Swarga Loka and up. And so mainly I was wondering about, okay, if Brahma, you know, you were speaking about how Brahma could be getting elevated and sort of reaching the top of, you know, the Karma Kanda ladder. And also other living entities that may be in Swargaloka. Um, I guess it's a two-part question. The w first part is, is it possible for living entities in any of the Lokas to somehow change their way of life and from maybe Kamakanda to somehow Bhakti? Like, for instance, if someone... Um, well, in Swarga Loka, you know, I guess the general understanding is that mainly they're just people who attain that due to pious activities, but what if they wanted to enter into bhakti, and do they do that there? And if they do, do they have to come back to earth first, or can they just keep ascending? Um, the second part is because in the letter to Vishnu John Swami Prabhupada or not to but about him it says that if he didn't go back to Godhead then he went to Jayananda oh, oh okay then he went to um, Svargaloka and so I don't understand why typically we don't want to go to these places. Yeah. And the Gita Krishna explains this. He says that uh, if a uh, uh, practitioner of yoga, and it can include bhakti, which is where the chapters come, what the chapters culminating in, and the whole six chapters are culminating in, this is the sixth chapter of the Gita in bhakti, um, he, he addresses Arjuna's question about um, what will happen to him if he takes to the path of yoga, having foregone the path of dharma, and then if he's not successful on the path of yoga, which is not easy to do because you have to control the mind, for example, um, then you know he's culpable for foregoing the obligations to dharma, and he's not successful in yoga either, so what's going to become of him? And Krishna very affectionately replies to him, says, no, you don't have to worry about that. He said, on this path... There is uh, no question of being unsuccessful. So we can understand there he's speaking about bhakti yoga. Hmm? Um, there's no there's no question of being unsuccessful in bhakti yoga because as he begins his discourse on yoga, he says in the 39th verse of the second chapter, Neha bhikramana shosti pratyavai nabhidyate svalapamapyasya dharmasya trayate matobaya. He says, a little endeavor in this path is, is can never be lost. So that can't be the case of, of niskam karma, which is driven by by rajaguna and some some sattva guna, or jnana, jnana yoga is, is, is under the jurisdiction of sattva guna. So the results 
that are attained working or laboring under the influence of rajas or, or sattva can it be eternal. Only results under the influence of sarup shakti are going to be eternal because it's of an eternal nature. Hmm? So when he begins to speak about yoga, he's speaking about bhakti yoga by that statement. Right? Now, we get to the end, the sixth chapter, and it culminates, of course, in, in, in as I say, in bhakti yoga, and, and he's been advocating yoga or spiritual practice over over Barnashram to Arjuna as a means to realize that you're the Atma and no one dies and so forth, as he tells him um, in the beginning of the second chapter. But again, Arjuna questions, what if I'm not successful? So when he says, no, there's no, very affectionately he says, Nahi kalyana kritkaschid durgatim tathagachati. The word tatha is a very affectionate uh, address, like he says, "Oh, my dear one, my, no, don't think like that. Don't even, don't even, don't even let that into your mind that you won't be successful. That's just, that's, that's not." Uh, it, it, and then he goes on. He says, "If you're not fully successful, you'll get the full results of being fully successful in the karma mark. That's how successful a path is. If you unsuccessfully execute." what I'm talking about, hmm? and you don't do it perfectly, you'll get the results of perfectly following the Varnashram. You'll go to heaven. Hmm? And if that doesn't happen to you, which would be the case if you... would would happen to you if you weren't that far along in your practice, which would imply that while you are trying to perfect your sadhaka daya, you still have some material attraction. So, material attraction warrants material bondage, but in this case, I give you the highest possible situation uh, of material bondage in heaven and make it easy for you, and you go there, hmm, but you're going there in a different way and with a different motive than those who go there by Varnashram. Hmm? So you're there, but you're in a special position because you're a devotee there. So there's devotees there. So you could get association of some of the devotees to answer your question in part, right? And change. Hmm? And then he says, of course, if it, or if, if that doesn't happen, the implication is if your practice is more developed but still not perfect, then you will take birth in the family of transcendentalists. Hmm? Kule Bhavati Dimat. This is a very very rare birth. So be born as and then and then he says, and this this samskar, hmm, spiritual practice will come again to the surface and with great power this time. Hmm? And similarly if you go to heaven and come back, which what happens what happens to everybody, then you come you, you this samskar will come to the surface at a certain point and with great power you'll return to that. Hmm? Um you'll have extra it's just like finding a lost thing. Oh, I found it. Wow, I'm really going to take care of it now. I realize I just went, wow, I just went out there for, you know, for a million years and here here it is again. Holy cow. Yeah, this is what I, this is what I want. I'm hanging on to this. And so now so I'm pretty much answering your question, but then you asked could you go from there and go straight up? So well, typically uh more typically what happens is that um um Krishna says that they they take birth again. 
and uh, in pious families and, 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 and so forth, where uh, they have some facility as a result of that to uh, more easily, more readily pursue a spiritual life than, than, for example, a situation where it's very difficult, impoverished, and you have to worry more about material necessities, perhaps. Um, but uh, so he says they return here. And also the, also the possibility is that Krishna comes here from time to time once in the day of Brahma. And when he does, he has people from heaven also come, right, to, assi- to assist him. Hmm? And so those devotees there who are there for that, they can come for that reason for, 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 at that time. That's a special dispensation. Hmm. So, does that help? Yeah. All right, yes. What's the time? But maybe we maybe we talked a bit. Maybe we should save it. You can remember your question, right? Yeah. So, so we'll stop there. Thank you all for your time. Jai. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premanande.